I want us to talk today about the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a very important part of scripture to talk about. I want to read from Acts chapter 1. If you have your Bible, please join us in that as we read together. We're reading uh, from verse 1, and I read the New American Standard Bible. Let me read for you. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit giving orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard of me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6. So when they had come together, they were asking him, Lord, is it at this time that you will be restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed in his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up. While they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight, and as they were gazing intently into the sky, whilst they were beholding, two men clothed in white apparel stood before them. They said to them, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you watched him go into heaven. What an amazing scripture that has been written there, an account written for a governor by the name of Theophilus. And this account was to give specifics about the life of Christ, whilst he was on earth, how he was raised, and not only that, about even the workings of the Holy Spirit in the early church. We find a similar passage that just covers a short part in the book of Luke chapter 24. You can turn there with me, please. Luke chapter 24. Verse 50 to verse 53, this is how it reads. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. This is Jesus and his disciples. This is after he had already been raised from the dead. Then it says, while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with joy, and we're continually in the temple praising God. Hallelujah. See, the ascension of Christ simply means Jesus Christ going back into heaven to his heavenly Father. By this time, Jesus had been raised from the dead, and by this time, we learn from Bible scholars that he already had his resurrected body. Remember, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, he died and he was buried, and he was raised again on the third day. And then the Bible tells us that 
he came back with a different kind of body, a resurrected body. When you read fully in the scripture, it's a body just like the one you have, but the difference with that body is that Jesus told Thomas, he said, touch me. A spirit cannot be touched. He said, touch me, make contact with me and put your hands in my holes because of the nails that were in my hands. So a resurrected body is a body that it looks like when you read, it's, it's like the flesh body, but it's also a body that can transition between heaven and earth. It's a body that it looks like it doesn't have blood. And we know that Jesus, after being raised from the dead, there's a time when he even was able to eat some food with his disciples. So Jesus has this resurrected body and he ascends to heaven. And this ascension to heaven was important because when you read scripture, the coming of Christ and the fulfillment of his ministry not only ended at the cross. At the cross, there were things that were accomplished. But also, when he was raised from the dead, there are things that were accomplished. But even equally so, when he was raised up to heaven and when he ascended up on high, there are things that were accomplished. In other words, the ascension fulfilled the cycle of the Father's will as the things came to pass in his life. Jesus said this in John chapter 16. He says, for the Father himself loves you because he has, you have loved me and you have believed that I came forth from God. Note what he says in verse 28. He says, I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and I go to the Father. So the ascension of Christ is really the culmination or the crowning of his ministry on earth. The Son of God became the Son of Man when he was born in the flesh. He was the Son of God. He became the Son of Man when he came in his incarnation. Now, what has happened now is he took on himself the body of flesh and the blood, and then now after he is resurrected, he returns to heaven. This one who was born of man, now in a resurrected body, goes back to God. So he came from heaven as God becoming man, but now he returns to heaven as the God man. So he goes to heaven, he's 100% man, 100% God. So in descending from heaven, in the incarnation, he didn't cease to become God. Even as man, he was God. But now, in ascending to heaven, in the ascension, he did not cease to be man. So this completes his ministry. Because now in heaven, we have a man, listen to this carefully, very interesting, in the Godhead today. Not a man like you and me, but a man by the name of Christ. First Timothy 2 says something amazing. When you read verse 5. It says, for there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. It says the man, Christ Jesus. Isn't it amazing? We have the man, Christ Jesus. This man is not a man like you and me. It's not a human like you and me. But this is a human who is a man and God fully. Verse 6 says, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world as just the right time. So Jesus therefore goes into heaven. 
and he becomes a surety of things that will come. There is coming a time when the Bible tells us those of us who have passed on in Christ will be resurrected again. So Jesus Christ is the first fruit. Jesus Christ is the foretaste. Jesus goes ahead as the forerunner within the veil. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20, it says, Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So when we study the scriptures, we know just Jesus descended and Jesus ascended. His ministry shows that he descended from heaven to earth and he ascended from earth to heaven, both in spirit and his body. His ascension, therefore, defied the laws of gravity because when he ascended, he was operating in a higher law. This shows us that our God operates in a higher law, a law that overrides or supersedes the laws of our world. So we note that between the resurrection of Christ and his ascension, as I said, it was 40 days post-resurrection and 40 days pre a pre-ascension. Now, let's look at a few things concerning his ascension. You know, the wonderful thing about our Lord Jesus Christ is throughout the Bible, you can find prophecies that went before, confirming things that were to come about in his life. That's why we say Jesus Christ, fully, because you can trace back everything about his life even in the prophecies that went on thousands of years before he came. Here are the facts about his ascension. Number one, his ascension was foretold by the prophets. When we read Psalms chapter 68, verse 18, it says, you have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious that the Lord God might dwell there. This is foretold in the book of Psalms. In Psalms 110 verse 1, it says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. So this was foretold that Jesus would ascend up into heaven. Number two, Jesus himself foretold his ascension. In John 16 verse 27, this is what he says. He says, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. He says, I came forth from the Father and I have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and I go to the Father. Jesus was a true prophet. Eh? He didn't just say things that didn't happen, that didn't come to pass. A real true prophet who spoke about what's coming and it did happen. In John 20, this is what it reads. This is after Mary met Jesus at the tomb, after Jesus had been raised from the dead. It says, Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and I'm ascending to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. What a wonderful thing to know 
that God is his God and our God, his father and our father. And by the way, one day we will also ascend into heaven. If Jesus doesn't come back before we pass on on earth, we will ascend into heaven. We also know thirdly that the ascension of Jesus is recorded by New Testament writers. And when they talk about it, they use various expressions to describe his ascension. Mark describes it as him being received up into heaven. That's Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Luke says he was parted from them and carried up into heaven as he lifted up his hands in a priestly blessing. You find that in Luke chapter 24 from verse 50. Also, Luke says in Acts chapter 1 verse 9, he was received out of their sight by a cloud. That's Acts chapter 1 verse 9. Jesus himself said I would, he would ascend up. And the Bible says he ascended up where he was before them. And also Jesus told them that he would depart. All these are different expressions of the same thing. To signal the fact that Jesus would ascend into heaven. He would go up into heaven. When Stephen saw Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 7, you remember Stephen? He had preached to his countrymen. They didn't like his sermon. And so they picked up stones and started stoning him to death. And as he was dying, the Bible says his eyes were opened and he saw the heaven open. And looking up, Stephen, the Bible says, he saw, he says, I see the Son of Man standing in heaven. So just to show you that Jesus has already ascended in heaven, there he was in heaven standing him. When we read in Revelation chapter 1, John, the disciple of Christ, who was put into prison on the island of Patmos, left there almost to die. In that time of total persecution and pain and sorrow, the Lord appeared to him and he saw the heavens and he saw Jesus. And this is what he says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10 and verse 11. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of the trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and Smyrna, to Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So he is the one whom he saw the risen Lord, the ascended Lord. So it shows that Jesus did ascend. In Revelation 4, verse 1 and 2, it reads, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard, like the sound of the trumpet, speaking to me said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was standing in heaven and one sitting on the throne. I want to come to that. Jesus has not only ascended into heaven, but he is sitting on the throne. Jesus as the ascended king, who is sitting on the throne in heaven. But note, his ministry here on earth still continues. We know that a king sits to rule and govern, to 
to reign and give direction. Jesus, much as he is sitting in heaven, he still rules and reigns. I believe this truth will be important for you just to know that you have a king by the name of Jesus and his word is final over your life. Sickness is not final over your life. Disease is not final over your life. COVID-19 is not final over your life. Retrenchment is not final over your life. Malady is not final over your life. Fear is not final over your life. Any form of intimidation is not final over your life. You have a king by the name of Jesus Christ who is sitting in heaven and he rules and he governs. And the Bible says his kingdom, of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And you need to know and understand more about this king. So Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was raised from the dead, but his ministry didn't stop there. Because after the resurrection, he took time to teach his disciples for 40 days. He taught them about the kingdom of God as we see in Acts chapter 1 verse 3. And then he was taken up into heaven and we call it his ascension or his exaltation. There are six things we need to know about the ascension of Christ or the exaltation of Christ. Number one, Jesus continues to work even after ascension. In other words, Jesus has not stopped working. Jesus has not gone on vacation. Jesus has not deserted us. Jesus has not turned his back on us. He has just been ascended and he is still very much at work. When we read Acts chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, the Bible tells us in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. Now note, the word began. I wrote about everything that Jesus began to do. The word began signals to us that Jesus' ascension doesn't mark the cessation of his work, but the continuation of his work as the Lord and the Messiah. That is why in Luke's second book, the book of Acts, that is, it writes about the, the acts of the risen Lord. Did you know something? When the disciples went out to go and testify as witnesses, they became witnesses of the one who had been resurrected from the dead. But also the book of Acts, it records the acts or the doings or the workings of the risen Lord and the ascended Lord. So Jesus is risen and he is working from heaven through his people. It tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, when he ascended, he gave gifts to men. So when Jesus ascended, he distributed of his fullness and put it into men. He made some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. We read in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 how he gave of the gifts, different gifts, and he gave tongues and interpretations and prophecies. We read in the book of Romans chapter 12 how he gave different gifts, gifts of administrations, gifts of leadership. Jesus took of his fullness and divided of his fullness and put it in all of us. So Jesus hasn't stopped working. He is working 
through you. He is working through me by indwelling, the indwelling presence of his Holy Spirit. He's working in us. And so Jesus, even if he's in heaven, he's working through his people. And Jesus is working through the power of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit moves on earth, remember what Jesus said. He said to the disciples, I will pray the Father and he will send the Comforter. He said, I've got to leave, I've got to go. As long as I'm with you, the Comforter will not come. But when I go, the Comforter will come. That Jesus has gone up into heaven and has ascended into heaven. His ministry continues through the working of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. As you listen to this broadcast, may the power of the Holy Spirit come upon your life. Bring about healing, soundness, wholeness. May the power of the Holy Spirit bring about deliverance. May the power of the Holy Spirit break the chains over your life. May the power of the Holy Spirit lift you up from depression. May the power of the Holy Spirit lift up any burden you carry because it is this power of the Holy Spirit that breaks the yoke. It is this power of the Holy Spirit that breaks burdens and destroys everything. Jesus works through the power of the Holy Spirit. He hasn't stopped working. He's still working. Even now, even right now, even right where you are, he's still working. Number two, Jesus ascended. And when he ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit to his people. He said in Luke 24, 49, I am sending the promise of my father unto you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with that power. And so we see in the sermon of Peter, when he preached on the day of Pentecost, Peter preaches and he connects what's happening on the day of Pentecost to the ascension of Christ. This is what he says in Acts chapter 2, verse 33. He says, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourself see and hear. Peter says, this is a sign. Did you know something? When we read in the Old Testament, we, we know about the 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 the, the 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 temple that was built or the tent that was built or the tabernacle that was built. That's the word that I was looking for. The tabernacle was divided into several compartments, the outer court and the holy place and the holy of holies. Now we know that the priest had to go in and present the blood of the sacrifice in the holy of holies. Now the priest had to wear garments, certain robes that are described in the book of Exodus and some of the other books. And it was important for the priest to wear these robes. And the garment that he wore, the gown that he wore as the top coat, at the end of it, at the skirts of it, they used to tie bells there. And these bells would always make a noise because as the priest is going about their business, they could hear the bells ringing. And when they heard the bells ringing, it was a sign that the priest is still alive. It was a sign that the priest who is there to stand between God and man, the priest is still very much alive. So they would also then tie a rope on one of the legs of the priest. And the minute the bell stopped ringing, they knew that, hey, things are bad. The priest has died. He must have done something wrong. And so they couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. They had to pull the priest out 
by the rope and that would be a sign that he's dead because the bells are not ringing. Do you remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? He said, though, even though I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am like what? I am like the ringing bell. I'm like the ringing bell. You see, tongues are the sign that our priest is still alive in the Holy of Holies. When we pray in other tongues, it is the bells ringing. And for as long as the bells are ringing and we pray in other tongues, it means our priest is alive. That is why the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit didn't only come, of course, for other tongues, but it is one of the reasons he came because we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit as a resurrection, as, as a result rather of the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. We speak in other tongues. When we speak in other tongues, it's a sign that our priest is alive. Or you need to take the time to pray in other tongues, to worship God in other tongues and ring those bells because our priest is alive. The ascended Lord sent the Spirit to be present. First of all, in John 14, 16, he sent the Holy Spirit to be present with us. The Holy Spirit is present with you. The Holy Spirit is with you right where you are. Secondly, he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us as God's people for the worldwide mission. We should be spreading the gospel like never before. I know we are under lockdown now, but post lockdown, we should be going into the world and spreading the gospel. Because in Acts 1 verse 8, he said you should receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. And the Holy Spirit, thirdly, comes to transform the believers to live new lives that are a reflection of their King. Romans chapter 8 tells us about this newness of life that we have received. Thirdly, the ascension of Jesus into heaven speaks of him being enthroned as king. Jesus sits on the throne in heaven as the ascended Lord. At his ascension, he, he was installed as the seated prophet in heaven. He was installed as the seated priest in heaven. He was installed as the seated king in heaven. And he was installed as the seated judge of the world. Jesus sits in heaven as prophet, priest, king, judge, and Lord of all. He's a prophet because Jesus is the word and the truth of God. Jesus is our true prophet because he is that word of God and the truth that comes from God. Jesus is also our priest because he has reconciled us to God. He has gone between God and man, and today we are reconciled. See, right where you are, my sister, my brother, my mother, my father, you don't need to walk around with guilt and condemnation. You don't need to go around in your life not so sure what God is going to do in your life. You can be reconciled to God. You can know Christ as Savior and Lord right where you are because Jesus Christ as our priest is the reconciler. As our priest, he is also a mediator between God and man. God, Jesus has gone between us and God to state our case before God, to present our weakness,
to present our true condition, to tell God who we are. God knows who you are. God knows your true condition. God knows your weaknesses. God knows our shortfalls. God knows our shortcomings. And Jesus is doing an excellent job of representing us. That's why he needs to be part of your life and part of my life. Jesus has gone into heaven. I love this one, to be our advocate. Oh, we don't have to pay any installment at all. We don't have to part with any money, but Jesus is there making our case, stating our case, defending our case. Jesus is there to make sure that he is our advocate. And most of all, he is a priest to us as our intercessor. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He prays for us, brings our needs before God, goes between us and God and present our case. So Jesus as your priest, he's your reconciler, your mediator, your advocate, your intercessor. And all this happens because he ascended on high. He ascended on high and he sits in heaven as king. Jesus is the ruler. Jesus is the governor of the universe. You know, when we look at our world, it might seem like the kingdom of God is on a losing end. But I want you to know something. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the ruler. Jesus is the governor. There is nothing in this world that will never come under his control. It may look like the kingdom of God is losing right now, but I want you to know Jesus is the ruler. Jesus is the governor. But thirdly, he sits in heaven as the one who ascended as the judge. Jesus is the discerner and the rewarder of all mankind. One day, my dear friend, we will stand before him and give an account of our lives. What a day it will be. A day when truth will be known. A day when justice will be served. This is a day when the secrets of men's heart will be made bare. This is the day when even things that were done in secret, the intentions and the secret agendas will be made bare. This is the one day where fairness will rule. In this world where there's unfairness, in this world where there are people who are not considered in the way they should be, there comes a day when true justice will be served. In this day sometimes when, you know, we know courts try their, their best to be fair, but there are times when people who may not have the money to pursue their case in court. The case ends up maybe being thrown out or not being dealt with properly because people ran out of the funds to defend themselves before the court systems of our world. Oh, there's coming a day when the true judge of mankind will rule justly. There comes a day when justice will be done. This is why it's so important for us to live for God no matter what. Live for God no matter who sees you, no matter who doesn't see you. Do what is right. Pursue what is correct. Do what is godly. Because there comes a day of reckoning when true justice will be served. Don't only think about today. There comes a day. Even people who passed from this world, having been dealt with in a brutal way, when things were not handled correctly for them, justice is coming for them. Justice is coming even for the little ones who had no voice who were mistreated. Justice is coming for those who were killed in secret and nobody knew who killed them. Nobody knew what happened. Justice is coming that day when the judge of all the earth will be there and he sits in heaven as Lord. In other words, he is the enthroned 
exalted God man, worthy of all praise, worthy of all adoration, worthy of all worship. That's why we don't hold back when we worship him. That's why we make our declaration in the Apostles' Creed that he ascended into heaven and he is sitting at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. And Jesus is the king of a kingdom that will never be destroyed, a kingdom that will never pass away. According to Revelation 3.31, Jesus conquered and sat down with his father on his throne where he receives unending praise. That's why we are not ashamed to praise him. Number four, Jesus' ascension is his return to his father. Before and after his death and resurrection, Jesus declared that he was sent by his father and he must return to his father. In John 16, 28, Jesus says, I came from the father and I've come into the world and now I'm leaving the world and I am going to the father. I don't think there was any sweeter reunion in the history of the world than the time when Jesus returned to his father. After his death on the cross, after being separated from a father that he loved, now he is in reunion. Jesus fully accomplished his mission and was glorified by the father and he glorified his father on earth and at his ascension, he, the father glorifies the son in heaven. He says in John 17, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work that you gave me to do. And now, oh father, glorify me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And so Jesus ascended into heaven, became our mediator, our high priest, our intercessor, and he plays that role as our intercessor. Let us conclude. As we said, the ascension of Jesus completes his earthly mission, and it signifies his enthronement as king in heaven. And so the question we want to ask ourselves, what are the implications of the ascension of Christ in our life? Number one, Jesus is presently ruling as king and he remains active and engaged in the world. Remember that he's not in heaven, just there, not aware of who you are. He's aware, he's active. When you call upon him, when you use his name, when you depend upon him, he will bring his power to bear in your situation. Therefore, Jesus number two, he is our reigning king and we need to live for him boldly, confidently, and we need to serve him strategically as the one who is exalted in heaven, knowing fully well that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. See, this is what motivates me to preach this gospel, even under lockdown, for us to try and reach you with the gospel right where you are, because we live for him boldly. We live for him confidently. All that we have, it's in him that we live and we move and we have our being. And our labor in him will never be in vain. Number three, know that those of you who are suffering, take heart that Jesus is not indifferent to your struggle. Jesus Christ, before he died, he endured great suffering. And for that reason, because he suffered so much, he is very merciful, sympathetic to your suffering. Jesus gets it. 
He understands it. When you cry out and say, Lord, they have deserted me, he understands it. When you cry out, Lord, I have been betrayed, he understands it. When you cry out, Lord, I am sick, he understands it. Jesus gets it. Just know that he understands it. He gets it. Sometimes people don't understand us. People don't get it. But Jesus gets it, and he understands what your trouble is about. Know that even in your time of suffering, he is there. Therefore, know that he is sympathetic as your counselor, as your mediator. There's no other better counselor than Jesus Christ, that when you pray, when you call upon him, he will give you advice, he will give you insight, he will give you knowledge, he will reach out to you and make sure he lifts you up. Jesus is the great counselor. He is our mediator. So take your cares to the one who is your ascended Lord. When the world can help you, when no one else can solve your problem, there is one who is the ascended one, the one who is in heaven, who understands. He hears your prayers and he will respond to your prayers with authority and with power. Take all your issues to him and talk to him about your life. And finally, he is the one who is there in our glorious future. In other words, that Jesus ascended tells us that one day he will return and come back and he will sit as a judge and as a king. This Jesus of ours, when he sits as a king, I'm telling you what a day that will be. It's a day when injustice will be abolished. It's a day when suffering will be abolished. It's a day as well when he will destroy death, hell, and the grave. And the influence of Satan on our lives will be removed. It's a day when Jesus will set up his kingdom, another kingdom, another order, a kingdom of truth, a kingdom of righteousness, a kingdom of love. And most of all, he will be our king forever. And we will forever live in his presence, filled with his power. Jesus ascended into heaven. And today, we want to remember that. And remember, even as we live in this world, our Savior and our Lord is the ruler and the king. He's the king of all. He's the Lord of lords. He's the ancient of days. He is the first. He is the last. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the balm of Gilead. He is the Lord who was, who is, and he is to come. He's the one who upholds us in the palm of his hand and we will never fall. Surely you will never dash your foot against a stone. He's the one who's moved by the feeling of our infirmity. He's the one who waits with arms wide open and says, come unto me, all you who are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Right where you are, right in your condition, you can call up to him right now and say, Lord, here is my life. Maybe you've never thought about giving your life to Jesus Christ. You never thought about your life being changed and being transformed. But as you've been listening to the word of God under this lockdown on Thursday, day number 55 of the lockdown, you're saying, you know what? I want to have this Jesus in my life. So I want to take this opportunity, my friend, to pray with you right where you are at home, 
if you have decided to receive Christ as Savior and Lord of your life, you want to take the step to join me in this prayer right in the privacy of your home. I want to pray with you. Will you follow me right now in prayer as we pray together? Don't be shy at all. Pray out loud and follow me in this prayer. Pray with me. Pray after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer and for coming into my life in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. God has heard that prayer and God responds to our prayers. I want to also pray for you. There could be some of you who are sick at home, you're not well, you may be worried, worried about something in that same spirit. I want to pray for all those needs. And also, I want us to also pray even further for our leaders who are guiding us at this time. Let us pray. Father, I pray for your children even as they sit at home, for your power, your strength upon them, your anointing. I pray for those who are sick, heal their bodies now. I pray for those who are in need, provide their need right now. Strengthen those who need strength. Provide for those who are in need. We pray for our leaders. Guide them, Father, we pray. Lead them. Let them make the right decisions in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah.